Welcome back to Typecast Heroes, where we believe typology can save the world. I'm Amanda Fogelson. And I'm Jesse Miller. And today is finally the day that we're releasing um, the data that I've been working on since February 12th of 2020. Mm -hmm. 2020, February 12th is the first day I started collecting on INTPs. So that is the type for today. So we'll be going over all of the data that I've collected. We'll be talking about some of the implications on the education system. And we'll be talking about really just advice that people can take if you are an INTP as a child, as a parent, or as a teacher. So we're going to go ahead and jump into it. So first off, for me, INTPs, this was really, um, this is, I wanted to start with them, even though they weren't the first group that I initially collected data on, because they were the first one that turned out in force. Mm -hmm. So within 24 hours, I had over 100 INTPs already, and they've just continued to turn out. So all in all, after all of the, the interviews have been sorted and cleared out, there were 140 INTPs who participated who made it into the official study. Um, there were 24% female, 76% male. Um, the age breakdown, about half of them were 18 to 29. And then the next step was 30 to 39. And you can look at all of the numbers on our blog. I have all of those posted for you so you can go look through all of them. Most of the people who were represented in this were from the US, Canada, and Europe, but 10% of them were from India. There's representing South America, Africa, and other parts of Asia. Um, there were 36 countries total represented in the INTP data stack. Okay. So the data set, there were five questions that I looked and I asked each type different questions. And I was looking for how, I wasn't really looking for what they said, I was looking for how they said it, mm -hmm. how they answered their question. So for the INTP, or for all of the 16 types, the very first question that I always asked was a negative stereotype of themselves. I presented it to them and I saw how they took that stereotype and if they argued it, how they argued it, how they looked at it, how they approached it. And then also just for basic information, I was curious if they agreed with it or not. So for INTPs, I asked them, do you, how do you believe INTPs are marginalized in society? And so they had to look at this question and tell me this, how they saw themselves. Mm -hmm. So of the INTPs I spoke to, 57% felt marginalized. Um, they discussed their answers and only about a third of them ever said, I feel or I think. Something that was interesting with INTPs, and I saw this with INFPs as well, and over and over and over again, is their reluctance to attach themselves to their answer. It absolutely fascinated me um, because they would state a statement and they wouldn't say, I feel this or I think this. They would just state it and present it as if this were fact, even though it was their opinion. And I saw it constantly. Something else with this question about the stereotype, 95% of them leaned very strongly one way or the other. There was no middle ground for 95% of 140 INTPs. That's crazy. I think so. And only 17%, even though this question was like specifically about them, only 17% of them referenced personal experience at all. The rest of them just said INTPs or those INTPs. Like they were completely separated from this. And that is very unique. I, I saw that in the INTP and the INFP consistently, like just just big picture, like so big and so expansive, which is interesting because you would think you would see totally this more. think the opposite. Yeah, yeah, you'd think you'd see this more with um, extroverted intuitives, but yeah. I didn't. 
It's actually the opposite yes. with the extrovert intuitives. So it just has been mind blowing to see this just zoomed out big picture, right? So when I looked at whether or not they were going to argue this, the stereotype, what I saw, the way that they argued is even though they looked at the issue big picture, the way that they argued was not. So they would zoom in on what do you mean by marginalized? What do you mean by society? Um, they would zoom in on pieces of the question and it wasn't just this question that they did this with They did this over and over again with all five questions. They would they had very strong opinions But they didn't have strong connotative meanings So like if I were to look at an answer from an INFP for instance, I would see a lot of superlatives mm -hmm. like the most they would say things like the most or they would say things like extremely mm -hmm. they would have all of these little qualifiers onto words to add to the i guess the emotional resonance right intps did not it was just it is what it is it was consistent <laughs> yeah. it was insane um so they weren't there was not a whole lot of overly emotional attachment it was just these are the facts and when i again they were addressing a question about themselves mm -hmm. and there was like this big separation between who they are in this question and they attacked it from a big picture standpoint but they were also zooming in on all of these definitions and none of this is to be unexpected when right. you see necessarily an INTP but what was interesting was to see this pattern play out in the data um, because even though we know this mm -hmm. it's still fascinating to see this to see the proof yeah to see it manifest yeah like you can we can explain why that happened with the functions like easily mm -hmm. in fact all of our other videos about intps you would be able to see this kind of in there as well how we describe them how their brains work but seeing it play out with the actual data mm -hmm. and the numbers it's so cool mm -hmm. it just it makes my her heart sore it does <laughs> it's been a little bit it's been a very emotional journey mm -hmm. um so that was this question. So I was, again, I was looking at all of these pieces and we're going to talk about the implications later on, but right now I'm just going to present this information. So the second question was my favorite question. Um, and I've now asked this to over 3000 people, but I, it's a task. I tell them to describe the inside of their mind. And that's the only, the only, <laughs> um, there's, there's no other description. Like mm -hmm. there's no just minimum describing yes. your mind and so the way that people interpreted this question was very interesting to me and i did not go into this necessarily looking for anything i mm -hmm. just wanted to see what would happen and um it's actually pretty cool so there are certain types who are unable completely to describe the inside of their mind not everyone in that whole type there's not a type where no one can describe mm -hmm. what's going on inside their head but there are types where a lot of them a over half of them cannot um and there's also a condition called aphantasia where you can't visualize anything in your mind. INTPs don't have that. <laughs> um, only 3.6% of them could not answer this question or they would say I'm not sure how to mm -hmm. answer this question and I saw that answer really prevalent with some of the other types but for INTPs no. They loved this question. So when I asked them to describe themselves they only had what was it 63 average word length for describe for answering their question 67 okay so they had a 67 average word length to answer that question about a stereotype but when i asked them this question to describe the inside of their mind it was 91 average word length so it's a big difference mm -hmm. in what they like to talk about versus what they do not um there are five categories that i have for the inside of the mind so there is they're unable 
There's also abstract descriptive. So that can look like strings of thoughts mm -hmm. flying around, um, ideas, images melding together. It's very an abstract landscape. Mm -hmm. Then there's also process. So somebody could tell me something like they spent their inside of their mind looks like analyzing, imagining, daydreaming. There's also self-descriptive. So if I say to someone, describe the inside of your mind, they can say, well, I like reading. I like learning. So it's not necessarily describing their thought process. They are attaching themselves to their thought process. And then I also have um, commonly used phrases. So this is when a person gives me like one sentence or one word and they'll say something like, it's an internet browser. Mm -hmm. I get that over and over and over again. And I can't determine unless a person gives me more information. I can't determine if they're saying that because that's what they've heard over and mm -hmm. over again or because that's how they really visualize it. I, there's not, it's just undeterminable. Right. Um, or they'll say like a crime scene board. That's mm -hmm. one I get a lot. Um, or a filing cabinet. And like, this is all they're saying, period. The last category is the metaphorical, like concrete memory palaces. So they will have like a library, but they will have very extensive detailed information. So I'll say, describe the inside of your mind. And they'll say it is a big giant library and all the books are different memories and they'll go into all of this detail and all of this depth and that is something i see uniquely with extroverted intuition mm -hmm. uh, not so much with any other type so for intps about half of them were in abstract description or they were in the concrete metaphor um, about a quarter of them were in process and then a quarter of them were mixed between the self-descriptive, the common phrasings, and the unable. So the majority of them were in that abstract realm, which is what I would expect for an mm -hmm. INTP. Something else that strike, like really hit me really hard when I was reading their answers, and I've been working with this type for a long time, is just how expansive their mind is. INFPs are like this as well, just, just how very vast. And they don't get credit for that uh -uh. either, ever, ever. No, it's it's such a interesting way to see the universe. It's just like a very vast and I've even talked to some of them who have who will talk about their dreams and their dreams are very expansive. Like the world is so much bigger than and it's been it was incredibly interesting to read all of these things when they're talking about their mind. And this is where the emotions were. Mm -hmm. So like there wasn't a lot of emotions in talking about themselves. I'm, I don't really see a lot of emotions the rest of the way through these questions, but when they were describing their mind, mm -hmm. this is where I get like those superlatives, those really beautiful adjectives when they're describing their answer. And it's a completely different way to look at information. So the next question I asked is, all I said was, what is your take on formal education? So again, there's no direction. Mm -hmm. There's no extra things given. And I'm curious to see, at the time I was curious to see, are people going to latch on to personal experience? Are they going to latch on to their big picture ideas of education? INTPs, again, big picture. They went huge. So they would, most 91% of them actually were very clear on education is bad or education is good. And they didn't have a, like, there was 8% who were undecided who would say something like, it depends, which is very interesting to me. Yeah. And more of their conclusions, again, they were formulated like strong statements of fact. Like it wasn't, I think this, or I feel this. Some of them did, and those numbers are included. But most of them were, education is this for this reason, and this reason, and this reason. Um, to justify their answer, they would just 
give all of these reasons, and again, they are presented as fact, not I had this experience in the education system, they would say, this is, it is what it is, uh, which was very interesting to see. Um, and something else was only half, only half of the INTPs even reference personal experience at all. So I asked them, what is your take yeah. on formal education? And you would think that would come in there because this was a question that they spent a lot of time on as well. But they didn't. It wasn't like, oh, this was how my high school was. This is how my college mm -hmm. was or anything. I thought it was just generalization. Mm -hmm. So you can see very quickly, uh, we are going to talk about implications later, but I just didn't want to point this out. Um, if you ask a child how they feel about things, like, so this was me specifically asking INTP, saying, I'm coming to you as an INTP. I'm asking you questions about yourself. And INFPs are exactly the same way mm -hmm. about this particular thing. They're not giving themselves. It's like the idea is an extension of themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, you can see how it's very hard for them to differentiate between the big picture. Because if something doesn't have a big picture implication or a place in the big picture, then it can become very challenging for yeah. them to see why does this even matter which was something else that I we know about INTPs, but it was interesting to see it play out in the data this way. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that we did with this information was we looked at for words that were commonly used. So on the blog, you're gonna see, and on our page, these word maps, because I can't, because of privacy laws and all sorts of things, I can't publish the answers, nor would I. But what we can do is we have these really awesome word maps about how people answered. And so the more common time, the more often a word was used in answers, the bigger the word is going to be on this word map. And so we were looking at some of this information. Time. When we talk about school, time was used in almost a third of all INTP's answers. They feel like it takes up too much time. A waste of time specifically, 7% <laughs> of their answers. 12% um, of answers had the exact phrase different learning style or different way. Um, learning. So learning was a big phrase that they used. And you would think that should be common sense because it's education, but some other types didn't use learning. They didn't talk about learning at all. Um, so INTPs in general did not seem to be huge fans of education, but 38% of their answers discussed learning and how much they loved it. Some of the other things that... So it's not education that they weren't necessarily right. interested in. It was formal education in terms of how we would see it in their mm -hmm. society or our society. Right. And so some of the other things that I thought were fun, uh, math was in a third of all answers. Um, of course. <laughs> in a positive way. Um, necessary, important, and valuable were also in 11% of these. Um, but that high-level emotional connotative language like love only at 6%, hate mm -hmm. only at 7%. So these were not social, which was a big thing in some of the other types, only at 9%. So these things that talk about like the emotional connections you make with people and um, growing, being raised in society and kind of like acclimating to society, they weren't in their answers. Again, so big thing with the INTPs, they went big picture, they've detached themselves from their opinion and they are presenting it all as if it were fact. Mm -hmm. So the fourth question, if someone, this is also one of my favorite questions because I'm not looking at what they're saying, I'm looking at how they're saying. So if somebody wanted to convince you to do something that you are morally against, how would they do so? And how do you define your moral code? So it was two questions and I've asked this question 
thousands of times. I have to say this one out of any of the questions reading through the answers makes me giggle the most. Why? Because it's so like, I feel like the answers are so, so similar, like, like in just insane ways, they were so similar for each of the types. Like a lot of them, Jesse was like picking out the words and finding the similar words and everything and the similar concepts, but it was almost like the same person could be rewriting the answers in this one. Like it was so specific and so mm -hmm. similar for the types. And it just would make me giggle because it felt like I was rereading the same things over and over sometimes. <laughs> there are interesting answers. I and mm -hmm. did not like this question. Um, they wanted it to be done. They spent like, they spent a little amount of time on this question, <laughs> which I thought was interesting, um, but not not unexpected, just mm -hmm. interesting. Um, one of, So the reason that I asked this question was for a couple of reasons. Uh, in the United States, religious barriers are really big in education. Mm -hmm. um, it's a constant battle here in the U.S. So I was curious to see if a child could be taught against their religious code and how influential their religious code would be for them to learn something in school. Um, I was also curious about how they would they would be able to self-examine because mm -hmm. self-examination is another thing I'm really interested in. How they would be able to look at themselves metacognitively and then how they would be able to present that same information to a stranger. So I, I INTPs, they're not very interested mm -hmm. in talking about themselves. 54% uh, of them, when asked about their own moral code, did not use the word I, did not reference themselves at all. 30% um, of them came straight up and said that they were open-minded, and 16% said closed-minded, but other than that, there was no, no self-examination. I didn't ask them to self-examine, but it right. was interesting, and like... Like ENFPs, how many of them came straight up and were like, no, I'm open-minded. Mm -hmm. Like that was like one of the first things that they said consistently. And INTPs did not feel that need for justification. Um, so 74% of INTPs said that they could be easily convinced to go against the moral code. Um, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting, I almost want to attribute this more to age than type. Um, but about a third of them said concrete ways. They could go against the moral code, so they said stuff like money mm -hmm. or um, to save someone's life. Yes, um, a great mental challenge. Mm -hmm. So only 24% of INTPs mentioned their own personal moral code at all. So like that second part of that question, to define your moral code, only about a quarter of them even touched it. The rest of them just left it because they went out. They zoomed out mm -hmm. again, so they would do things like define morality. They would define legal system. They would talk about how people interact in society, but they wouldn't just say, this is right for me, this is wrong for me. And those not consistent for other types. Other types did answer. They did have clear codes. Um, one of the other things I looked for was greater good or personal values, because this was something I saw really early that types that have extroverted feeling tend to rely on greater good mm -hmm. versus personal values. Um, it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's pretty consistent. So about 14% of them took in uh, to the account the greater good. So once again, this was a lot of defining morality for themselves, dissecting my question, and presenting it as fact without a conditional. So they wouldn't say like, this is what, it, this is my opinion, or these are my thoughts, this mm -hmm. is my system, this is, no, this is morality. 
This is what it this is. This is the system. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting to see. And then one of the other trends is the types would talk about how they could be, like I mentioned, how they could be enticed to go against the moral code. So about 25% um, talked about something abstract, like they would go against their moral code if their freedom was infringed mm -hmm. upon, or if they wanted, um, if it was going to bring them happiness or bring mm -hmm. someone they loved happiness. So it was like very abstract, like I would do this for happiness or I would do this for true love, mm -hmm. which I got a couple of times. Um, but it wasn't like the concrete hard and fast. About a third gave me the concrete hard and fast ones. Um, but nearly half did not give me an example at all. They just attacked the question whole, like holistically, like they zoomed out and were like, this is defining how, it. Yeah, yeah. This is how morality would function in society, which is interesting. The last question I asked for all intuitives was to, um, describe or the last task, I suppose it's not really a question, mm -hmm. but describe your relationship with your intuition. So again, this is very intentionally vague. This is very abstract. I wanted to see how they were going to tear this question apart. And it's another level of metacognition. So it's another facet of looking at yourself, of self-examination, because all of these things are important when you function in the education system, as I'm going to talk about in just a second. But 60% of them gave me a concrete definition of what intuition does. They had a really strong understanding of how their intuition influenced their life. So they would say things like, I will be sitting thinking about a problem and a answer will come to me. It was like a very defined definition of it. Mm -hmm. One of the criticisms that this project came into very early was that because I interview people specifically from MBTI groups, is this not going to like negatively affect the data? My answer to that is no, because a lot of people in the MBTI groups don't understand cognitive functions. Right. So they don't, they take the test and then they join the group and then I would interview them, confirm their type, and then I would take their answer. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, it's not like I'm talking to all people who have my level of understanding. Right, there's not a bias there. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a general population in those groups that, that didn't have the depth that you have or the knowledge that's there of the functions to be able to give us an answer that seemed to fit their type right and that was something else was like confirmation bias mm -hmm. um which wasn't really happening a lot of people in the so the intp group i thought was interesting too because intuition and colloquial understanding is like going with your gut mm -hmm. right like being able to trust yourself and so i was also curious about that how likely would they be to trust themselves INTPs, only 40% said that they would trust their intuition. The rest of them all mentioned, like, eh, like, I kind of use it. They were able to explain how it worked, but they said that they wouldn't go with their gut. 40% came out right, came out and said very clearly, I trust my intuition, which is um, one of the lower ones mm -hmm. for intuitives in general. Um, most intuitives had a much higher leaning or trusting of themselves. So that was very interesting to me. So question comparison overall, just real quick before we start jumping into the cognitive function usage and the implications for all of this information. When they were asked to talk about themselves, so that was question one, when I asked them to address the stereotype and when I asked them to talk about their moral code, those were very low, not just for the INTPs, 
as a INTP group, but if I compared their average word length to the word length with other types, they were very, very low with 67 words dedicated on average to themselves and 63 words to the ethical abstraction of their moral code. Um, not interested in them. But when I asked them to go with their describing inside of their mind question, that was average of 91 words. When I asked them to talk about education, and remember, most of them are not talking about themselves, like at all. Mm -hmm. Over half of them did not mention their personal experience. They're, they went out, big picture, formal education. That was 77 words. And then when I asked them to describe their intuition, they were doing that same thing, tearing apart the question, defining intuition, very clearly explaining their metacognitive ability. 75 words. So when you're just looking at pure numbers, it's very obvious what the INTPs are interested in versus what they are not. So we're going to talk about now implications. So the first thing is INTPs as children. So I, we do, Typecast Heroes will not type a child. Mm -hmm. So Carl Jung in his book, The Development of Personality, all of his papers on education, and how personality type and how the ego is developed, children are exempt from this. So nothing that we are gonna push says that children should be typed. Children right. who are under 18 should not be typed. Um, there's a lot of concern about, I personally, I don't know how much I buy this, but there is a lot of concern about people molding to a type or believing something about themselves when they read a type description. Um, I won't type a child because they're not developed yet. Exactly. I can't mm -hmm. see anything. Like, and I have told many a many a young person that you have to wait, you have to mm -hmm. have some life experience before I can see it. Having said that, the first functions do come out to play, especially as a child is in middle school and then on to high school. So when those are their strong functions and you look at an INTP and they have introverted thinking process in the education system is problematic for kids. Because as I just showed all of that data, they're presenting these ideas as if they were facts. Mm -hmm. And to them, because they spend so much time on this internal logical system, they probably feel that way. And so it's very hard when you are defining this code to sit in a system where they're telling you things that may not agree or align with your own logical system. And that is a huge butting of heads. So even looking beyond the fact that everyone knows, and there are articles and articles and articles about how INTPs struggle in education, even going beyond the fact that it's hard for them to sit still, right. it's hard for them to focus, looking at how their brain is wired, they are separating themselves from this fact, what they consider fact, and they are looking at a big picture. And so when you give them a test question and you ask them to answer this, and they're looking at it and they're finding inconsistencies in mm -hmm. the words, and they're looking at it and the question might be something really nitpicky, and they're zoomed out here, they're way right. up in the moon, and you're asking them to look at a neighborhood, and they're like, why? There is no point here. There's no purpose. Mm -hmm. So they're going to struggle. It is a difficult thing to overcome for them. Having said that, there was a study done in 2004, and a lot of these studies that I referenced are going to be linked on our blog, um, that compared personality type to giftedness in the United States. 
So they sampled um, almost 10,000 children. Um, over half of the gifted children who they identified were expert intuitives. So INTPs, for instance, they were only 4% of the data, but they represented 12% of the gifted kids. <laughs> so a lot of INTPs are considered gifted in the United States. Now the gifted program in the United States is incredibly problematic and it differs from state to state and other countries don't necessarily have it. But what it is, is the education system acknowledging that there are unique, there are uniqueness to these mm -hmm. children and that it, they have a lot of gifts, but they're going to face challenges in the education system. Because of that desire to, to look at this big picture, abstract world, and then you add in their very strongly held opinions. I was just about to say, so you can also take that test question that Jesse was talking about and see it from the fact that um, a lot of times in these questions, they would they would ask her to define it mm -hmm. so that they could give that solid factual answer. Um, and so because the questions were so vague and they had to give that answer, they wanted a definition, which is what TI does mm -hmm. in general. And so if you have them sitting here with this test and it's like an open-ended or an essay type of question or something like that, and they're having to define something that is meant to be vague and they can't ask for help, they can't ask you to define it, again, it's that testing. You're giving the same test, the same question, and you're going to tell them that it's right or wrong based off of however they're processing it or they're understanding that question in their head, which every single child in that classroom is going to do differently. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard. And if they can't, they're, if they can't see the big picture, if they can't, they're going, it's a natural inclination for them because if your whole world is big picture, mm -hmm. why do you care if something is knocked off course, like right. way far away from you? So something I want to be super clear on as I was reading all of these answers, and um, I had to learn this with INFPs as well, with any type who has with the, both of those two types really, it's not that they don't know themselves. Right. It's that they are so attached to their opinions that that's where you find them. So you can find, inf they're not, they may not tell you a whole lot about their past or about themselves. So when a teacher is standing there and asking them to do something and they asking them maybe to like write about their Christmas and the child goes off, I'm a teacher and I get asked one of my students to write about heroes and they, they're, who is their personal hero? And the child wrote an essay about what is a hero instead because that was more interesting to them. Mm -hmm. They would rather talk about the ideas, these big ideas of things, than look at the nitty-gritty of the personal. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Which, again, you would assume would be the complete opposite, considering they lead with an introverted, introverted judging. Yeah, But it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, something else that my data is showing here is that they may clearly be uh, less interested in the ethical values, religious studies, or humanities, but... I do want to caution anybody who who attaches themselves to that part of this because look at my age range that I had over half of them were under 29 yeah so they are not over half of them but a third of them were under I want to make sure I got that right no half it was half yeah half mm -hmm. of them were under 29 mm -hmm. and the the extroverted feeling inferior function has not come into play mm -hmm. strongly at that point in time so um, I do expect like that that would be a little bit different as they get older. Um, 
So for children who are gifted, one of the other things that's really, really hard and really important, and it's not mentioned, because again, the idea that INTB struggle in school is not novel. Mm -hmm. This is commonly understood in MBTI mm -hmm. communities. But something that is not talked about is the fact that the teachers who teach them are SI dominants. So over and over and over again, and again, I will have all of the links to these academic um, research articles that I used before and after this data. When they type teachers in the education system, and this is consistent, if you are in Europe or if you're in Africa or if you're in South America or if you're in the United States, integrated sensors are the ones who dominate the teaching field. So that's ISFJ, ISTJ, um, ESFJ, and ESTJ, over half, almost always, if not more. And there is nothing wrong with them as teachers. Mm -hmm. This is not a they have an issue that they need to work on or anything like that. What they do need to understand, though, is their ability to project, because all people project. That is something inherent within all of us. So without even understanding MBTI, without even knowing how any of this works, what they do unconsciously is they associate introverted thinking with childishness or otherness or something that they know that they are not good at, so they feel inferior about it and then they get defensive about mm -hmm. it. That's for ESFJs, ISFJs. The other part of that is ESTJs and ISTJs, and they don't even have introverted thinking in their stack. That's in their shadow. So you take a child who leads with this, and all of their teachers are distrustful of introverted thinking in general, and you are projecting that onto them. And let's not forget, as all of the data showed, they don't really like looking at themselves. They don't really like talking about themselves or self-examining very much. So you've got these teachers who are like, you are the, you're childish, or you are the other, mm -hmm. or your thinking is wrong. And then you've got this child who is not doing that self-examination, who is not considering, who's not building up a sense of self-worth, not because right. they can't, but because they're more interested in the big picture. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, well, I guess I'm just stupid. Yep. I guess I'm just bad at this. I'm just going to retreat and mm -hmm. have my world up here that I can that I can live in, that I can be in, that I can feel good in, and that's it. Yeah, and that is horrible for the children. So they have a very strong grasp on their metacognitive abilities. They're very creative, and the education system clearly acknowledges that as they are often slated to giftedness. Mm -hmm. But what the education system is failing them is building up their own sense of self, is building up their ability to navigate through emotional difficulties and through a emotional hardships because introverted feeling is their demon process and yep. so that is a a bear for them for intps and then you've got teachers who don't understand their own biases because teachers are so into social emotional learning that if they don't understand that their way of thinking is not uniform and mm -hmm. not just kind of get it not just understand that kids learn in different ways, but like if they truly get it, then they can be able to interact with these children in a better way without villainizing them or without making the child feel like they can't do something right, mm -hmm. which is going to be a big thing. Carl Jung was really into teachers needing to understand type and understand their own type. Carl Jung didn't want teachers to run around 
typing all of the students, right. but he wanted the teachers to understand their own tendency to project mm -hmm. their negatives onto a child because that is a terrible thing to do and it's human nature. It's literally a human trait, not mm -hmm. a teacher trait, not not the ISFJ, ESFJ, ISC, not right. all that. It's a human being trait. It's something that everyone does. Um, but in the education system, you have the ability to affect masses mm -hmm. of children who will become adults. You're raising adults, right? And when you're projecting onto them, that's how they are being raised. That's how they're being taught. That's how they are seeing themselves now. That's their inner voice now. And if they don't feel like they can do a good job, if they don't feel like they can fit in, if they don't feel understood in any way, shape, or form, they're carrying that with them into being an adult. Mm -hmm. And it's very challenging. So, yes, I feel like INTPs have almost kind of accepted this about themselves mm -hmm. as well, that I just can't learn in a traditional setting. Or, you know, they'll fall back to the whole... Um, I just need to be in charge of my own learning. I just need to be able to do all of these projects on my own, or I'm just going to learn what I'm interested in. But I don't think anyone is talking about the fact that the teachers are, <laughs> are putting those images in their head. Right. They're putting that idea that the INTP is struggling because the teacher may not understand it themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's for INTP as a child or as a student. If you look at the INTPs in the education system as teachers, they don't exist. <laughs> no. um, so uh, studies over and over again was like 0%, less than 1%. I looked at elementary schools. I looked at middle schools. I looked at high schools. INTPs less than, like, just don't, they don't teach. They don't exist there. So if you are an INTP teacher, that's amazing. But mm -hmm. pro overwhelmingly, the education, let me borrow from my INTP brothers and sisters and go big picture here for a second. They're not there. They're not teachers. So an INTP child may never see someone in a teaching position who looks like them. And when you get into college, that's where you start to see like INTP professors because they often go into sciences or mathematics or they can be in English as well. They can be in lots of different types of fields, but they are usually relegated to university level, to professors, to PhD. So one of the things that I think is important for INTP instructors to do is to be advocates for education, mm -hmm. to be advocate, advocates for INTP students who are coming up in the system, and um, to also be careful of their own introverted thinking process. Because if you are a teacher and you are presenting something as fact that may not be and you are very confident because I've seen a lot of very confident and self-assured, absolutely so brilliant INTPs who stand and present information. But when they are doing that as fact and they are not taking into account that it may not be, mm -hmm. that's problematic as well. So being self-aware and having an understanding of how your mind works versus the mind of others, I think, is also very important. Which is the whole point of our channel. So one of the other pieces of the education system is if you are a parent of an INTP or if you are an INTP parent yourself and you've got a child in the education mm -hmm. system. So parents of INTPs, one of the things that I think is the most important thing that you can do, um, again, you don't really want to be typing your child, but understanding like their thinking process. My son is eight and I'm fairly certain he will turn out to be an INTP one day, but his introverted thinking process is already very strong. Mm -hmm. um, he's already in the gifted program. So he's he's very brilliant 
One of the things I think that you can do as a parent to support them is to not squish the weird, what may be considered weird anyway, mm-hmm. ideas that they present to the universe. So if your child is wanting to, and this is just common sense for any parents, but if your child is wanting to look at information that you may not think is necessarily applicable to whatever it is that they should be doing, mm-hmm. it's really important to encourage those extra hobbies and yeah. that extra information and they curiosity. Just, they just want to consume. It's lear- It's that learning. It's what the mm-hmm. INTPs love to do and they just want more information. They just want more knowledge. It may not it may not be algebra. It may it may not be mm-hmm. something they can use in school in a formal education setting, but it's still learning and experience. And they love learning. Mm-hmm. Like that was shown in the data is that they do love learning. They're autodidacts often. They want to to figure this all out for themselves. And it's really discouraging when you have teachers who are saying this is a waste of time, this mm-hmm. is useless, you shouldn't do this. So really encouraging your child and also making sure that your child gets the social emotional learning that they need Mm -hmm. because INTPs struggle with this even as adults. One of the things that I saw was interesting just anecdotally but the INTPs who were in healthy relationships were so much better overall or had a more positive outlook on life than the ones who were not. And there's nothing wrong with INTPs to keep them from being in a healthy relationship. Like There's nothing wrong with them at all. What tends to happen is they are misunderstood to an extreme level. Mm -hmm. And that misunderstanding starts in the education system. Now, all types can be misunderstood for all reasons, but other types can function better. INFPs who are very similar to INTPs except for their big difference is introverted feeling and introverted thinking process, INFPs fare so much better in the education system and you would think that shouldn't be the case. But it's that combination of, I'm going to pick apart these phrases, I'm going to figure out my logical system, and I'm gonna zoom out at the same time. And I'm not necessarily concerned with what society thinks of me. I'm not even so sure I care what I think about myself all the time. All of those things together is what makes the INTP struggle so very much. So as a parent, the best thing you can do is know that, is to see that coming up into your child. And you should probably have a fairly good idea of what type they're going to be by high Mm -hmm. school. So you can be encouraging them and supporting them and getting them into MBTI communities Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things to to really be a better advocate for your your child while we wait for the education system to change because we're gonna go big picture at the end here. If you're an INTP and you are a parent who has a child, one of the things I strongly caution you against as an INTP mother or father is putting your own opinions and projecting them too hard onto your own child. That again goes for all parents. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that Carl Jung was really big big on is that children who have struggles in a system usually pick that up from their parents. They're picking up those projections. So if you're an INTP and you struggled in the education system, you felt misunderstood, pushing that onto your child is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were an INTP who really loved learning, who loved engaging in uh, your own hobbies, share that. Like in this, again, this is not nothing novel. These are things that you should or have probably heard already. 
that you should be encouraging curiosity and fostering a love of learning in your own child. But as an INTP, you should share that gift. Sometimes INTPs like to hold it all for mm -hmm. themselves because that's what they are so used to doing. But one of the best things I think you can do as an INTP parent is no matter what type your child is going to become, is sharing that curiosity and sharing that passion for learning and understanding. When we looked at the brain maps for all of the types, one of the biggest ones for INTPs was no, mm -hmm. no knowledge. And it was like, like no K-N-O-W. Yeah. Or knowledge. And it was just, it was really interesting to see like what types valued in their mind. But knowledge for the INTP, I think makes perfect sense. I mean, it's just like a great way to explain what they love to do. So share that, share that mm -hmm. gift with the universe and with your children. So now we're going to talk about the big picture implications for education as a whole. So education, no matter where you are in the world, this is something else that I've looked at because whenever I talk to anyone about this, this project or when I am engaging with someone on the internet, they always say like, well, no, it's better over there. It's right. better X place mm -hmm. or it's better wherever. I don't know, some random place. It's Scandinavia has it, right? Or no, Finland's the one who's got it. Reality, though, when you look at the systems, the differences are marginal at best. Mm -hmm. there's, there's still a whole lot of standardized testing in most education systems. There's still a whole lot of you sit and you get information. Right. Um, there's still a whole lot of one lecturer and children. Now, there are obvious variations and deviations, but for overall overarching education, as you, the whole planet is concerned, looks very similar. When you take into consideration who most of these teachers are, I do not think that that is a fair, I feel like certain types are going to automatically be at a disadvantage right. because of who is in the education system. So one of the big implications, INTPs need to go be teachers. <laughs> like I know you don't really, you really don't want to be teachers, but the best way to change the system is from the inside out. Right. And we need more of all of the other types mm -hmm. in education. So the teachers who are currently in the system, they need to understand their own ability or their own tendency to project on these negative things onto children. Carl Jung was writing in the early 1900s. Like, this is not novel. This should not be novel. And social emotional learning is, I'm again, I'm a teacher in the education system, and it is so pushed on us that we should be understanding, we should help our students with our emotional fluency and mm -hmm. how they can understand their own emotions and how they can interact with others. But what we, what is not explained to us is the way that the brains are wired right. so differently because there's so much miscommunication that can happen over and over again because... Just like we were talking about, if you are, let's say you are an ENFJ and you're a principal, and so your introverted thinking process is your inferior function, and you've got this child who's commonly, who's constantly like presenting their very stringent opinions on things and presenting them as facts, you may not understand that that's just the way their brain is wired. You're like, They're not doing anything wrong. They're not doing mm -hmm. anything to get in trouble or to hurt you. They yeah. just come across that way because that's how they are wired. So instead of being you know, this child is not getting in line mm -hmm. or seeing that inferior function in yourself and you are like that that child is thinking wrong mm -hmm. because you're defensive about your own introverted thinking process. 
understanding where that child is coming from and supporting them so that they can be the best student that they can be is a far better use of your time. Mm -hmm. And I always advocate for INTPs, but I don't know that INTPs necessarily spend a whole lot of time thinking about how much they are affected by the education system. So I have a feeling that a great majority of the listeners will be parents of INTPs. I was about to say, it's not actually going to be the INTPs (laughs) themselves. (laughs) Um, And if you are an INTP listening and you did participate in the project, I very much appreciate you and all of your support. But keeping in mind that the education system has been the same for a long time and that these problems are very commonly understood, the education system as a whole should understand these projections Mm -hmm. and they should have more categories for how they classify children's thought process. So one of the, the things that I am most amazed with and proud of with this project was the stark differences with metacognition. Metacognition is one of those big buzzwords in education of everybody has to be able to show metacognitive mm-hmm. properties. Um, that's a big thing in Common Core as well. Like you can't just get the right answer. You have to be able to explain your sure. thought process. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that idea came from people who don't always understand that not everyone has the ability to use metacognition and metacognition is different across types and across individual. Right. So some types are very heavily intuitive and they use that expert intuition and they are able to create vast landscapes. But then you ask them to do something like connect to their moral code. Mm -hmm. And that's not, they can't, it's a different level of metacognitive ability. It's a different layer. And so they, a child may be able to write a beautiful fantasy story. Mm -hmm. But then if you ask them to examine, like to put themselves in a history I don't know, one of those activities where it's like rewrite history or put yourself in a historical event, they may not be able to do that. And you're just looking at them like, what is wrong with you? You're just being defiant and you don't understand that those are different pieces of the brain and different thought processes, different patterns of mental abilities. We're judging their intelligence based on some this tiny little box of what we think intelligence should look like. And it's so unbelievably teeny tiny mm-hmm. compared to all of the different options we have out there and all the different students and brains and processes that we have out there. And it's so sad. Like, it's just really sad. And it has to change. If we want the world to change, if we really want the world to change, this is where it begins. Mm-hmm. It's the education system because from that very beginning, from the time they are in elementary school, with all of the introverted sensing dominant instructors, and there's nothing wrong with you if you're an introverted sensing dominant instructor, but if you are, and you are looking at them, like who are you and where did you come from? What is wrong with you? Then you are projecting this negative image onto a child forever. It's literally gonna be part of their inner voice. And that's disgusting. (laughs) It makes me sick to my stomach to think about that. And it does happen. All of the time. Every day. This is what we experience. As a human race with education, this is what we are experiencing. And this is what we've always experienced. Mm-hmm. So, intuitives, go be teachers. Because I'm an intuitive teacher. Come, mm-hmm. come And I, it was really... Come in the dark side. <laughs> oh my god. It was really funny because I was in a class um, a couple, oh god, a couple months ago. I was taking a class with other teachers and... 
uh, there were, what, maybe 38 people in the class and three of us were intuitives. We all had to take the MBTI test, which was funny to me. I laughed really hard when our teacher said, we're doing this. Um, but three of us were intuitives. This also, this is about education, but if you think about it in terms of, again, we're raising the, the next generation, mm -hmm. right? We're raising these into adults who will be running the world at some point. Um, then you start thinking about your career, start thinking about management, leadership, and you can see all these cycles that we go through our entire life based on our education. And if it stems from there, and if our personalities and what we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we process information, how we make decisions, and it's, it gets solidified through our education, right? And then we go into our careers. You can see in leadership and management how people manage people, how they treat others, how they can understand others. We can see great leadership versus great bosses mm -hmm. versus terrible bosses and terrible leadership. And we see it all across the country. We see it in politics, careers, education, um, art form. We, I mean, everywhere. This, this is just the beginning. This is the foundation that we're creating. It's so important for it to change. Mm -hmm. So INTPs go be teachers. And if you are in the system, support them. Mm -hmm. Those are the two big takeaways from this. So this is the culmination of a, almost a year-long journey of um, this. Our studies in MBTI began much earlier than that, but I'm talking about specific data collection for this data set. Mm -hmm. It's been almost a year. So INTPs who participated, thank you so much. If you are curious about how I collected the data or any of the sources that I used or the numbers, if you want to really get in there and look, all of that is on the blog for you. Um, to examine for yourself. And you can reach out to us where? On Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and Discord, and obviously on YouTube. And any of the sound platforms that you may be using. Yes, uh, yeah, you may be listening to us right now mm -hmm. on Spotify, um, any other podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but also, this is, like Jesse said, the first data set. And so this is not the end. This is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you are interested in participating, this one's essentially closed. Mm -hmm. But if you are interested in participating in future um, interviews, then please send us a message. Um, and we still offer the free type clarification mm -hmm. as well. So That's right. So thank you for listening to all of this information. It's been quite a journey. And... Go ahead and check out the other of the 16 types because there will be all 16 types will be mm -hmm. released over the next few months. And you can go look at all of the data for all of the thousands of people who have been interviewed and participated. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye.